Hello, everyone. Joel Junker here with another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. All right, <clears throat> another a solo episode for me. I don't I don't do these very often, um, but I do like them, especially on topics that I am really passionate about. And today's topic is really the importance of of reading, and just not only just reading for the transition if you're a military officer and making the transition to the business world. I think really also the importance of, of reading uh, for the purposes of self-development, becoming a better leader, problem solver, conversationalist, and whatever it may be. I think reading just has so many different benefits. So, you know, the first thing I want to talk about is a little bit my journey in, into reading. Um, when I was, I would say in high school, I put myself probably at like a three on a 10 scale uh, for interest in reading, my ability to read, um, you know, challenging text books, whatever, not just textbooks, but books, period. Um, and didn't even read for pleasure, nothing. And it really showed um, in my uh, standardized testing. I did well in the math, not so well on my reading and comprehension and my verbal. Uh, so I really had to work at that. And my my journey into reading really happened in college in two in two parts. And number one, a spring break my sophomore year, I went to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I mean, gosh, Joel, what are you doing? This is a podcast about Cameron Brooks and transitioning from the military to business. You're going to talk about your spring break to Fort Lauderdale, Florida as a sophomore. Yep, I'm going to talk about that. And so I was at this uh, um, this beach and, you know, walking around, laying in the sun. I was like, you know, I should probably get something to, something to read. So I don't know how many years old it was at this time, but probably not too old. It was the book, The Firm by John Grisham. Uh, so if you haven't read that, that was real popular 20, that's probably 30 years ago now. Um because it was like 1992, 93. And uh, I read it, and I think I read it like in a day on one sitting in the beach. And it must not have been his, the only book that he had out, because I think I went out and bought another Grisham book. And uh, just like all of a sudden, I got this really enjoyment from reading. Um, and I've always heard this joke about if you're, uh, if you're somebody that uh, doesn't eat meat, well, maybe eat bacon. It's like the gateway into other meat. <laughs> and I think Grisham is like, if you're not into reading, Grisham was like, like my bacon uh, for meat. He was my gateway into reading. I, I got this start off with probably not the healthiest and best for, for me reading, but it was I could, got this certain level of enjoyment of reading. And I started to read a little bit more books and enjoy even the reading the books that I was reading in, in some of my classes. Because while I was a finance major, I had a second major in sociology just because I liked, uh, actually started getting, getting into reading and writing. And I actually was not a second major in sociology until the end of my sophomore year. I met uh, Father Sullivan, um, was attended the University of Notre Dame. Father Sullivan, he was the chair of the department, the sociology department. I actually met him. Um, well, I was getting my haircut. He was getting the haircut right before me. And he asked me what I was majoring in. And I told him finance. And he asked me some of my interests that I like getting into reading and writing. He said, you should major in sociology as well. So I did. And so I got to do more of that. Um, the third thing that took me into to reading is that I had this 
really influential professor, uh, not Father Sullivan, but this influential professor my junior year. And it was called The Legal Environments of Business. And I, we did not talk about anything about legal in an, or really in business. Uh, and I think you got to do that uh, when this professor, Professor Hauk, was had to be in his late 70s, maybe his early 80s. This is how old or tenured he was. There were people in my class with him that their dads had him as a professor when they were at Notre Dame. And Professor Hauk, the premise of his class was about leadership and about the moral and the great responsibility that we all had as leaders in uh, taking care of people and you all as military officers and most of you are listening to this understand that. And we have to look out for, for people that can't always look out for themselves. But the other thing that he always preached in, and he made us read a lot of books, he'd stand up in the class. It was a morning class. He had a paper, I started from a cup of coffee and kind of shook a little bit and, had this raspy voice and he would say, you must read books. You must read books. And he wouldn't talk about you reading books for, for uh, the purposes of learning and developing. He said, because when you go to a cocktail party, you want to be interesting. You want to be able to talk about a variety of different subjects and they will make you an interesting person at the cocktail party. So I think those are the two things and maybe three with Father Sullivan getting me into sociology that really pivoted me into being a reader. And then still to this day, I, I read uh, a lot um, and I love to read and, and I always have one to two books going at the same time. In fact, I love to read so much. My wife recently gave me as a gift, what's called a life belt. And on this, this life belt, a belt that you wear in your pants, that there's a needle, it's a needlepoint belt. There's certain uh, things that are stitched in. And so I have like somebody playing golf stitched into the belt. I have the birth dates of all of my children. The I have the my wedding rings with the date of my wedding on there, the state of Minnesota, where I'm from, uh, state of Texas, where I live now. And then uh, there's a stack of books, for example, that's stitched on my life belt. That's how important reading has become for me. Uh, so uh, that's my, my background on, on reading and um, you know, I've heard this multiple times, whether it be in Forbes magazine has done this, like in 2012, there's a guy they called Michael Hyatt. Um, he's a, a blogger and a podcaster. Uh, they both have said this thing, leaders are readers. Leaders are readers. And uh, leaders are readers because leaders are well-informed. Um, they like to digest ideas um, they like to um, think and become better. And they also, great leaders recognize they don't know everything. And you can't always get to the experts on who know a lot of things. So you can actually engage the experts by reading their books. And so leaders are constantly evolving and developing and growing in their reading they don't always just read books though. Um, they're gonna read news articles. They're gonna subscribe to periodicals like Harvard Business Review or daily news briefs like the, the Morning Brew or uh, maybe the Wall Street 10 Point. Uh, but they're gonna read broadly too. Um, that's what I find about readers as well is they're gonna read maybe diverse opinions and maybe different editorials from newspapers and magazines that differ with their opinions. Uh, they might read classics, 
they might read um, business from different industries that they are because they're trying to really develop their mind and grow in, in continuously learn, recognizing that the tools that they have today may not be the tools that they need for tomorrow. So there's so many benefits from, from, from reading. Number one, reading informs you. Reading will keep you informed. It will keep you update, updated of what's happening, not just on current events, but on current trends and business topics. Like there was no such thing as um, Lean and Six Sigma on the reading program when I transitioned through Cameron Brooks. Now there is. And those are big initiatives that still are going on today. So it keeps you informed of tools that you can apply. Second, reading challenges your assumptions. Good leaders, really good leaders, recognize that they may not always be right. And it's also leaders have opinions and beliefs, and reading helps them see the other side of opinions and beliefs and maybe what other people think and believe and where they're coming from. And that could come from different art editorials, uh, news articles, uh, maybe a, a, a book on, you know, the, maybe a different way to lead change. And as I mentioned uh, before earlier, it helps us interact with subject matter experts. I was really having to negotiate some contracts here at Cameron Brooks, and I wanted to learn how to get better at negotiating. So I could, I could call a negotiator, he could take a class, or I could read Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. Not only did I read his book on Never Split the Difference on how to negotiate, he's a former FBI hostage negotiator. I took his class on the Masterclass website as well. He also can, like for example, where I've engaged with uh, subject matter experts and leaders, one of my favorite fiction authors is John Green. He's an, he's an excellent storyteller. So I get the ability to meet and interact with wonderful and smart and intellectual people and learn from them without ever having to pick up the phone or send them an email. A couple other examples on that is Jim Collins is so well-versed in leadership or um, Roger Cameron. You guys, nobody here can interact with Roger Cameron anymore unless you pick up the book, PCS to Corporate America, fourth edition. And Roger is the expert or was the expert on transitioning. And when he left this industry, he was in his late seventies and he had been doing it since he was in his forties. So he had a lot of knowledge that he parted with us when he wrote the fourth edition. Next, reading is fuel, it's motivation, it's education. A lot of things that I read, I remember some of the big key concepts but some of them I forget. Constantly reading keeps me sharp. It fuels me. My father-in-law once said to me, why do you keep reading these leadership books? Haven't you read enough? So I said, no, I need to keep reading these because they keep me sharp. I kind of forget about some of the things I read 18 months ago. And in this situation and leadership that I'm having today or tomorrow or in the week, I might be able to pull off of some things that I'm reading in this book right now on leadership. And invariably I do. Now, how does this apply directly to you if you're transitioning from the military to business? Why is leadership reading so important? 
well, you are making a, a significant pivot. I mean, you're changing from the world of nonprofit in defense, where you spend everything that is appropriated to you, where you have rank and you have orders. It's just a completely different world. Now, don't get me wrong. Companies value your grit, your ability to overcome obstacles and solve problems and lead. But the environment is so different. You're you're changing industries. You're changing companies. You're going to change positions. You're going to change functional worlds. Don't you want to know what you're getting into before you make the decision to get into it? Don't you want to know what you're getting into before you actually step into it? I mean, I studied business four years before I went into the army and then ultimately went into the business world. I spent hours every week in ROTCs in a summer between my junior and senior year before I went into the military. If you went to an academy, you immersed yourselves four years before you went into it. Don't you think it's probably a good idea to read, I don't know, at least five, six, seven books on a variety of business topics to really educate yourself of what you might be getting into? Because when you're educated, you're going to make a better decision. This is a big decision that you're making if you're getting out and choosing what to get into. Then if you do decide to get into it, you're going to have to sit in front of people and talk about their world and how what you've done in the military and it relates. It'd be a good idea to research of what's going on in their world. What are the big topics right now that are happening in their world? What's important to them? So that then you can frame up what you've done and explain it to them. Like you, some of you may have hear, heard of these things like Six Sigma and Lean and project management. Some of you may have not, and you may not be familiar with it. Gosh, I don't know much about it. As soon as you read it, you can be like, gosh, I've done things like this. I've actually done this. We just didn't call it that. Well, that's why we have you read the book so you can understand what you've done and be able to package it. You may want to be able to explain how you lead in the military and explain it in terms of the business world that understands. That's why it's great to read Good to Great by Jim Collins, where he talks about level five leadership or the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni. So that's a, those are some good reasons to do that. Then you're going to interview. And that's part of it. You're interviewing. And this is this conversation. In a conversation, like my, my, my mentor or the you must read books. You know, you must read books. You're at this cocktail party. It makes you interesting. Well, interviewing is not a cocktail party, but it is a conversation. And then the next thing is, is that if you've got time before you get out, you want to become a better officer. At least at Cameron Brooks, our books aren't just about the transition. They're designed to help you become a better officer as well and apply what you're learning and apply the make process improvements to, to lead and mentor people better, to build up your organization. Next, Lisa Cameron Brooks, our companies aren't hiring you for training. They're not hiring you to rotate you around. They want to hire you and put you in a real position so you can hit the ground running. And so you want to be able to learn these things, hit the ground running, and be able to contribute and have some of that baseline knowledge. And then you want to have a habit of continuously learning and growing and developing and continue to do this through your business career, not stop learning and reading. I guarantee you talk to our alum that are growing and developing, that are moving up to higher levels of leadership positions. Oh, hey, what have you read lately? You're not going to get a blank. 
uh, no, they're not going to give you that. They're going to talk about those impactful books and what they're continuing to read. So I thought in closing, I would share some of my favorite books. And I try to give you a smorgasbord, if you will, of books, because I do believe that reading should be like a healthy diet. Yeah, I believe that you should eat some broccoli. You should eat some hefe- some 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 uh, some decent uh, protein. And but you know what? I think you should have a pizza every now and then and a piece of cake too, because it makes life fun and interesting and makes you interesting at that cocktail party. So some of my favorite business leadership books, of course, Jim Collins, Good to Great, Great by Choice. Um, even though Collins writes about some book companies in Good to Great that are you know, no longer around. Um, they made some mistakes. The principles are still really good. And then he wrote Great by Choice as well. And then, of course, before both of those, he wrote Built the Last with Jerry Porras. And those are just good studies and companies that have gotten it right and really good examples in, in leadership. And another book that I really like by Marcus Buckingham is called First Break All the Rules. And the reason why I like this book is you really gets you think about leadership differently. Number one, this is an analogy in there about leadership and your, your career is going to take time and to develop. And your career is like hiking and ascending a mountain. You know, there's a reason we do base camps and, and hiking mountains. You have to get acclimated. They don't just chopper you into the middle of the mountain, he says, and then drop you off. And then hike the rest of the week. You gotta, you gotta, there's a reason you hike up. You're building that, that experience, that fortitude to take those next ascents. Plus, at the end of the book, he talks about this. He's got this sentence in here. Every day you leave your workplace a little bit better, a little bit worse. You never leave it neutral. Try to leave it a little bit better. <laughs> I think about that all the time. This is a, an excellent book that's written in conjunction with the Gallup organization. It's called The 12 Elements of Great Managing. They, the Gallup organization did this uh, study of what are the 12 things that keep people engaged and motivated. And somebody that leads a, the, the team of people here at Cameron Brooks, it's always at the top of my mind. Then Peter Drucker is like this management guru. And he, he's written, he wrote so many books. But one of my favorites is The Effective Executive. Some other books on like having the right thinking, the right mindset, the way I think about things is number one is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. It's, a, it's about taking the, the challenges of life and how do we work through them? How do we, how do we um, take them as they come? And, and, and so many people run away. But the way, the obstacle is the, is the way, it's the way through it. And he uses stoicism to put, give it perspective and to fight through that. And I think about, you know, the year 2001, the tech wreck and, and um, the September 11th, the impact it on our business. And then the financial crisis of 08 and 09 and this recent pandemic, all the obstacles that have come in my way. And there was only one way and it was through them. The Mindset by Carol Dweck and having this growth mindset or fixed mindset and how important it is to have this growth mindset. And then Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Oh, just about how many biases that we create in our life. Our mind is designed to optimize and become efficient. 
so you can quickly make decisions. But, but that can create some biases along the way and we can make poor decisions because of that. And then I have to go all the way back to college. I still have this book with me right now. It's called The Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl, um, psychologist, came up with this, uh, created this new psychology called logotherapy. And he, he really came up with it because he was a, um, a prisoner of the, of the concentration camp. And he, he, he came, the premise of logotherapy is that man, human in this case, not just men, but using it as all humans, has the freedom to transcend all suffering, all pain, if they can find meaning in life, regardless of what's happening and come that. And so while so many people and understand was so we're giving up and in the concentration camps, he found the, the people that can make it through, found their why, they had the purpose. There was a meaning to get to the other side. I'm not doing it justice, but it's a phenomenal book. In fact, my daughter just graduated from, from uh, college and somebody gave it to her as a book, but it's just a great book because we're going to invariably have these difficult obstacles in our lives through them. And our way that we choose to, to get to the other side is, and how we choose to find meaning is going to have a big, have a big, um, a big part of that. So then fiction, ah, I have my favorite fiction authors, but I mentioned John Green. I'm just going to mention one. Um, John Green is the author of the fault in our stars, turtles all the way down abundance of Catherine's, uh, looking for Alaska, um, for his, his fiction. He's got a, some, a nonfiction one that just came out. That's, a um, a kind of a summary or some episodes of his podcast that he does with his brother, but I like John a lot. And then I think from a leadership standpoint, and it's interesting. I just don't understand why every military officer, I don't care what branch doesn't, has not required reading. I think it should be, but once an Eagle by Anton Meyer, um, was out of print then with the wars on terror and everything that came back, they brought it back in print, but it's just excellent on the character of leadership. And then the character of leadership of that's poor character and it juxtaposes these two characters through their, through their, their military careers. So I could go on and on because I love to read. I have so many books that I could talk about. Um, but in the end, I would just encourage you to read. Find a book, pick up a book, find your bacon, find your John Grisham, step into this and then broaden. And then um, I recommend, you know, having, you know, maybe switch it out. Good, a good, good fiction. And I'm not Grisham's not necessarily good fiction. That might be like your cake or your pizza, but then have something on mindset and the way of thinking and have a book on a new business concept, uh, uh, like Kahneman has uh, a new book coming out on noise that gets disrupts our thinking. So you get something like that um, and then alternate those things and subscribe to some daily news feed, maybe like the morning brew. And, you know, I, I read the Wall Street Journal editorials and um, I try to read editorials there if the, from people I disagree with. And yeah, I try to read editorials from other periodicals that I disagree with just to get the other viewpoint too, just to see, you know, thought process. And I think one of the dangers of kind of staying narrow on our reading is that we miss out on what else is going on out there and learning and being able to think critically. And I promise you, just like John Houck said, 
learning how to read books. It'll make you an interesting person. Maybe not just at cocktail parties, but in interviewing, it will come out. And in life, it'll help you your, hit your ground running, you know, make you a better leader. I'd love for you to email me directly at jjunker at cameron If you have any recommendations for me that you think I should be reading. Oh, and finally, one other book that I should put, put a plug in as we close out there, PCS to Corporate America, fourth edition. Obviously, one of my, my favorites, the first book that I've ever had a had a, a hand in with Roger and Chuck and and in the back of PCS to Corporate America, we have a recommended reading program where we recommended several books on sales, lean and Six Sigma, manufacturing, general leadership, corporate finance, all sorts of topics that will help introduce you to business careers and prepare you for that transition. You can also find uh, our, another the same reading program that's in the back of PCS on our website. You go to our website, Cameron-Brooks.com, go to the JMO selection, click transition tools, resource center underneath that, put your email address in and sign up for the resource center. It's free. And then inside there, that same reading program is there as well. And of course, for those that do join our program, we have a slightly different reading program than that where we have a required list of 10 books we ask all of our officers to read before the transition, and then many, many other recommended books. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I look forward to hearing from you on your thoughts on reading or any other recommended books. 